Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Dad gets seven year itches where for seven years he's. On this bender, and then seven, and then seven years away, where he's this, 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 and then he's on another bender. And he's done it for his whole life. And he's just in another seven years. But uh, the, 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 the thought of, hey, Flagstaff, Arizona is a good place to move, does not exist. Like, there is no reason. There's no family in all of Arizona. Like, maybe I have one third cousin twice removed in all of Arizona. And then dad decides, hey, we're going to move the entire family. Yeah, it's because Dayton got accepted to NAU. That's the bet, to the best of my knowledge, Dayton got accepted to NAU. And therefore, Robin said, well, I can't let my little boy go. So he, so he to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry I'm like pretty annoyed because I just looked for my notes and half of them are gone but you know what Jesus is in the blessings business and the notes that I took were all about Lisa Rinna frankly so maybe that's the universe's way of saying that's okay we're good I don't I didn't really even care when I took the notes so we're going to run with that, actually. Uh, let's get into the other things I had to talk about, which uh, isn't much. It's actually really pretty much just Sister Wives information, Sister Wives news. Y'all, it's been popping, and we really got to get into it. So, first of all, I have some poor, bad information to share. For those of you who guys who are not following me on social media, uh, you would not know that directly after Mary announced that she and Cody are getting a divorce, I got blocked by Mary's Instagram account, which I don't blame myself for. (laughs) I'm actually kind of mad at you a lot. (laughs) Just a little bit. Not really, but a little bit. Um, So here's the thing. After, as you guys listened to my episode, I told you guys what was in the announcement. I can't look at it now because I'm fucking blocked, but... As part of that caption, she said, hey, guys, please don't say anything about Cody. I know, you know, you guys tend to congratulate me or whatever for leaving him, but don't say a word. Okay. And so I was following the rules. And so I just simply commented, okay. And then everybody was like, oh, girl, you're being so shady. Look at you. Ha ha ha. I was being nice. 
for me, okay? I was following the rules and regulations that were set for it and the parameters that she set. But y'all were like tee-hee-heeing and exposing me for being shady, even though I wasn't for once. And I think she didn't like that you guys thought that was funny. So now I'm punished. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot, you guys. But with that being said, she probably would have blocked me this week because uh, we got to talk about what happened. It's been popping off, like I said, on TikTok, y'all, with regard to um, potentially various family members of the Brown family, but at least one of them. We got one confirmed Peyton Brown. He did an interview with this guy, John Yates. He's an internet person. And, um, yeah, he did an almost three hour interview with John and some other women. I'm not sure who those people are. No disrespect. I can't know everybody on the planet. Okay. Um, there are some highlights and we're going to get into it, but I would like to say, I think we should actually start with the low lights by saying Peyton is not for me. Okay. And he has some very problematic, in my opinion, views, especially with regard to uh, people that do not fit in the white, uh, straight, heteronormative cis binary, including his own family members, Gwen and Leon, who's uh, Mary's child. So here's the thing. I mean, he said some like things that I just like, ugh. I'm like writing him off forever because of it. But there were also some juicy details. So I will just say like, generally speaking, Peyton really is like Cody 2.0 for me. So I've got like a double middle finger up for him. But like I said, he did um, spill some things that uh, I think are worth mentioning. So he first throws shade at Gwendolyn. So if you guys don't know, Peyton is Christine's son. Her only one? Is that her only son? I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, he is recently in the past year or so has gotten really popular on TikTok for talking about the family being very pro Christine, his mother, um, creating a shirt that says, what does the nanny do in reference to, you know, Robin's bullshit. And so, uh, yeah, he admits by his own admission, he's, got a big ego because of all the popularity that's been happening on TikTok. Now, so for those of you who don't know, Gwendolyn, his sister, um, has a Patreon and a YouTube account in which she rewatches, uh, episodes, answers questions from viewers, etc. Payton says, my mom's never asked me to take anything down. She's never asked me to take my account down. Just a couple of videos that she requested. I took them down. But Gwen has had repeated requests to take requests to take down her YouTube and her Patreon. And she doesn't want to do it because she's getting money from it. And she's like, woe is me. I'm the um, autistic bisexual girl who's living in this Christian polygamous family. And like that I get, he's insinuating that she like loves the attention that she gets from that. Like fuck off. Okay. Fuck you. He also dead named Leon at one point. He was using she, her pronouns to talk about them. And it's just like, yuck, why do you feel the need to do that? Why is any of this necessary? Let's talk about some real shit. And so we're going to. So one thing he mentioned that I found interesting is that pre-Robin, the pre-Robin Brown family, Mary was actually the favorite wife. 
Janelle and Christine were the basement wives until Robin came along and she became the favorite wife. But the distinction is that the way Cody treated Mary as the favorite wife was vastly different to how well Robin is getting treated currently. So I thought that was interesting. He also said that um, it was pretty evident about a year into Robin's joining the family after they got married that she was the favorite that in Vegas, Cody was spending five nights or most of his time over at Robin's house, taking care of the kids. Peyton said that basically he feels like his dad would gladly give up his own biological children to care for Robin's kids. Um, that he, yeah, it's not good. In terms of his own relationship with Cody, he says that he really hasn't spoken to him since he came out with those, what did the nanny do t-shirts he was pretty pissed off about that and that he got a christmas text message from him that he does say was pretty unique i guess the other kids compared and contrasted the text that they got and that wasn't just like a standard issue copy and paste situation but he says save since that t-shirt situation he has only had one conversation with his dad his dad called him one day out of the blue they had a long conversation and Payton is thinking, oh, this is great. Like, maybe I can get on track with my dad, which he says that to this day, he still wants to have a good relationship with his father. Um, however, he found out after that phone conversation that Cody had been calling Isabel and other people in the family. And basically what he was trying to do was to get them on his side because he was trying to get TLC to draw up a contract that the other family members did not speak negatively about him or Robin, um, but TLC refused. So that was his lame, limp attempt to try to get Peyton uh, under his wing again. And it didn't work. Peyton also said that Cody was a pretty good dad, a pretty loving father until his brother Curtis passed away when Peyton was 15. And that basically things went left from there. At one point they asked, you know, what are these sacrifices that Robin's alluding to? What is the cap in hand situation? And Peyton's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think she had a really hard time um, quitting her job that she didn't want to have in the first place. I think it was probably very difficult for her to have a rich man come into her life and be willing to care for her kids emotionally, physically, and financially. Uh, Yeah, I think it was really hard for her. He really went in on her. But however, like it was very clear. He does not like Robin, like not at all. However, and this is the biggest thing that's come out of that. He says, I will never hate Robin because she opened some eyes to some things that were going on. Um, This might be a little bit of a trigger warning. Peyton says that... You know, because uh, Robin came from an abusive relationship, she was able to see things that maybe other family members were not able to see. And specifically with regard to Mary's treatment of a few of the children. Basically, he says that Mary's abusive. He does not say she was physically abusive, but he may as well have. You know, I think it's fair to say if you're talking about situations like this, and it wasn't, there was not physical abuse. Usually people clarify that there wasn't. And he did not do that. That's all I will say. He definitely said there was abuse happening. He definitely said that Robin picked up on some things and she alerted Cody to things and the other moms to things. 
that Mary was doing and that she, you know, he said, I can't really say anything, but Madison, my sister, uh, Janelle's daughter, tweeted some stuff. And basically he just was like, I'll just say what I can say based off of those tweets. So if you guys don't know about these tweets, it actually stemmed from Mary talking shit about Madison, apparently not living up to her full potential with regard to their LuLaRoe business. Yikes. So Madison, uh, well, Mary said something about, you know, how LuLaRoe is in a hobby. It's a job. People aren't living up to their full potential, blah, blah, blah. So Madison responded, there's nothing like dealing with an abusive human your whole life and finally having the freedom to not have anything to do with her. You can't subtweet shit and not expect retaliation. Loyalty goes to those who were always kind. Try being scared of somebody your whole fucking life and she plays like she's the one who's hurting. She was a monster. Now she's attacking one of the few safety nets you had? No. Check again. We're going to circle more on that, uh, those abuse, alleged abuse claims in a moment. Just wrap up what else Payton said that I thought stood out. Um, He says, what I have been screaming for years now, which is that that move to Flagstaff just so happened to come when uh, Payton got into uh, Northern Arizona University, NAU, whatever it's called, um, that they had been scouting. The family had been scouting other locations in Wyoming, which he says, Christine didn't want to do she didn't want to move back to wyoming because it was like it would have been a kind of good situation they would have been sort of near family but there really wasn't there anything there for them like culturally like they would be moving to a super small town and then utah was an option as well as we know um then he goes into uh robin not sobbing frankly things that i've been screaming again for years now about how we always get the (laughs) but not a tear so Peyton says that he she never actually cries Robin never actually cries when she pretends to and he's like god even either her tears must be made out of dust or maybe she actually doesn't care he does not like her (laughs) okay so that brings me to another TikTok account that has been uh blowing up over the past few days y'all it came across my for you page and I'm like I don't know, but I still don't know, but we're going to talk about it. Okay. So the account is toxic city. I think it's T O X I C I C I T E A. I believe you'll find it. Basically they've been popping off for the past few days, claiming to be a group of people. Basically they're like the, they're becoming the anonymous of the, the Cody Brown family, if you will. Um, it started off, they were posting uh, clips from Peyton's interview. They've also been posting a lot of clips of Mary during her various LuLaRoe lives in which it seems like uh, my theory about her dipping into the airplane bottles of mos- uh, cupcake Moscato might be true. Um, she, her behavior on these LuLaRoe lives is odd, real odd. Like, I don't even know. You got to see it. She kind of is slurring her word. She's very uh, surly. Surly would be the word uh, for that. She is very like sassy about kicking people off of the lives and um, insisting that she's not drinking. Um, Just like there's a lot of hostility that you would not expect from somebody who is 
trying to make a living selling clothes to people. You know what I mean? Like, she's not getting uh, a QV call from QVC anytime soon. I can tell you that right now. So after they started posting just these interviews and clips of Mary, the voices started coming out. So they've had, these people started off with like a voice modulation program. And they were claiming to be multiple people who may or may not be in the Brown family, or at least they have uh, intimate information. Started off being a lot of information about Mary and other relationships that she's had outside of the catfish. Interesting, right? So... First of all, to address what uh, Peyton said about these abuse allegations, a lot of people were saying Christine was the main caretaker for these kids. Um, Janelle also had a bunch of kids. How is it that they didn't know? How were they not privy? Why didn't they do anything in the face of this alleged abuse, right? So the account says that Christine and Janelle are queens and they should be respected as such. They did nothing wrong and that they are not to blame that they didn't really know anything either because mary um the things that mary was doing to these kids were very covert and that once they were privy to it around 2008 2009 safeguards started being put in place uh with the kids and mary which i think you know could lend credence to what uh, Christine was saying about not feeling safe around Mary and how she was the one who made the decision to end it and things like that. Now, of course, it should be stated or maybe it should just be understood that I don't know if any of this is true. This could be just random people who know just about as much as the sister wives knowledge as I do, who are pretending to be like Tony or whatever, which a lot of people think it is. Um, and you know, they're just like yanking everybody's chain and seeing how popular sister wives is becoming on TikTok, and they're just riding the wave. So everybody, let's just take this all with a grain of salt. With that being said, um, they're giving out pretty good information, like believable information. So let's move on to the other things that were said. Um, First of all, somebody was like, why would you create these accounts when you guys all have contracts by TLC if you guys are, in fact, family members or whatever, close uh, people in close quarters or in the know? They said that not everybody has a contract with TLC. Even if you see them on TV, they don't all, they haven't all signed contracts. There are, however, and this is why they're being anonymous, they claim, that there are NDAs that were signed by family members, close friends, coworkers, you know, colleagues and things like that, not given by TLC, but actually given by Robin and Cody themselves. So that's why they want to like keep things under wraps. Oh, I should also go back to the Peyton thing, the Peyton of it all, because he is living in an RV outside of Robin and Cody's house. So Peyton and this account both had uh, things to say about this that make Peyton look pretty good. First of all, Peyton said, excuse me, make Dayton look good. So Peyton said um, that he really likes Dayton. He very much like, this is not my half brother. This is my brother. I consider him as such. Like, I like him. All of that. He, it's seemed like Peyton was trying to make it seem like Dayton was the one who wants to leave. Like, he was perfectly fine going to Arizona by himself. He didn't need mommy coming down. This was Robin's decision that she forced on everybody else because she can't cut the umbilical cord. 
<laughs> and that it seems like Dayton wishes that he would. According to this account, Dayton um, moved into the RV as a sort of um, peacemaking situation because other boys or excuse me, other family members were being kicked out of the homes for not adhering to rules. Um, and so it was sort of like a, oh, well, like a mea culpa or something. Um, what else did he say? Oh, that they were, the Dayton's living in the RV, but he's saving to move up to Montana. Um, this account also says that, you know, something that we all expected, they were weighing over their heads financially with Coyote Pass. They spent way too much money. They've sunk way too much money into it and it's never going to come to Aha, Coyote Pass. Get it? Um, so they feel like the property is going to go up for sale in the next eight to 12 months and that there's already a potential buyer in mind and also that it'll go on sale for less than what they paid for it so then the other tea about mary was that mary's been in an additional con uh, relationship possibly even multiple relationships outside of this catfish situation and that around 2014 there was a relationship that mary was in that Cody actually encouraged, knew all about, was totally fine with it. Most of the family members knew about it, but it blew up because that person wanted Mary to publicly leave the family and she wouldn't. Um, there were a lot of allusions to uh, separations not being discussed on camera or breakups or Mary's other partners because... They wanted to keep the show going. They wanted to keep the money train going. And uh, yeah, that, that there was a separation that happened like when they were doing the documentary before they even started filming for the show. And that who, whichever wife this was and Cody made the idea or made the decision to not talk about this like breakup between them. So the final bit of information from this account says that in 2020, there was a physical altercation between Cody and an adult child. Um, during this situation, the mother of this child had to intervene. And at that point, said mother was like, deuces, I'm out of here. Um, and had been trying to set themselves up financially, physically, emotionally to... Uh, leave the family and also uh, decided to change their living accommodations so that Cody could not live with her anymore. So, I mean, it could be either Christine or Janelle, but it's looking like Janelle, right? With the RV. So, you know, like I said, all of this is alleged. We don't know if this is true, but for T, this is like, if, if this, if these are lies, <laughs> then, um, Y'all did a really good and thorough job and shout out to you because I've been talking about it for 20 minutes now. Um, what else? Oh, I mean, I guess we could go back to Lisa. Lisa basically just said that she, it's our fault. It, the reason why she left the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is our fault because the toxic nature of the, um, uh, housewives universe the housewives fandom the internet social media response of it all was just too much for her girl she can get our girl over a week girl what are you talking about 
I wasn't the one on Instagram posting every 17 minutes about how, oh, you guys are lying and I'm going to release the receipts and y'all don't know this shit and oh, I'm talking uh, pictures of my middle finger up and like, fuck you guys, like whatever. You were the one playing Dennis the Menace on Instagram, not us. We were just responding to what you did. Girl, if, and then she also alluded to the fact that like, you know, Kathy was being protected. But then she also says, none of us are in control of the edit. Sometimes you have good years. Sometimes you have bad years and you're just, you know, it's up to the editors and we have no control over that. But then she basically says the opposite by saying that protections were made for Kathy, you know, or for people on the show. And she's just so upset that they didn't um, see the other side the two sides to the story and you know how was I to know to put on my voice notes when this happened it all just happened so quickly and the cameras weren't up and you know it's not my fault and it's like okay okay it's our fault the the toxic fandom it's our fault for being like hey girl um are you telling the truth or not do you have receipts you keep alluding to these receipts breadcrumbing once again the most annoying thing do you know something or don't? If you do, tell us what happened. If you don't, shut the fuck up. It like try don't try to make a big deal out of something that you don't really want to tell the whole truth on. And if something really happened that you don't see that there are two sides that were shown, just tell us now. You're out of your contract, right? She also claimed that she uh left of her own accord and what people don't know is that she actually told everybody after the reunion that she was leaving okay okay um also i guess if we want to do a uh duh bitch segment of the week uh we can give it to diana also formerly of real housewives of beverly hills for days after lisa announced her exit um decided to hop onto instagram to say that she wasn't coming back and that's the end of our dubbish segment of the of the week for that. Um, anyway, what else do we have? Oh, Phaedra. Phaedra Parks might be almost certainly going to Married to Medicine. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to ask, why the fuck would Phaedra be on Married to Medicine? She's not no doctor. Um, apparently, if you guys watched the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip that she was on, she told, I think Tamara, she had been in a relationship for a year at that point with a doctor. Um, the boys had met him. It's like a great situation. Okay. <laughs> you didn't want to talk to him, but now he's about to be a star of a show. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Apparently they've been in talk for about a month or more about this and it's almost certain, but no confirmation from Bravo or Phaedra Parks. So yeah, I... <laughs> Would I like to see Phaedra? Married to Medicine is one of my favorite shows on Bravo. I actually don't think it would be a terrible fit. But I also think those girls are going to rake her over the coals because Phaedra has a tendency to be very uh, secretive. And she doesn't really want to give up information about herself and be transparent on camera. And I think that would be a really big issue with uh, Dr. Heavenly, Simone, uh, maybe even Quad, maybe even Contessa, probably Toya. Let's get her on the show, actually. I Yeah, let's see that. Let's see that she's not going to be in the Housewives uh, neighborhood anymore. 
And I would like to see that happen. I Actually, I'm here for it. And with that, guys, we're going to end this episode with a recap of the latest episode of Real Housewives of Miami. Hope you guys enjoy that. If not, I'll see you later. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you care about the schedule this week, since Sister Wise is over, I'm going to be moving Potomac to Wednesday, and I'm going to have a great guest for that. And then Friday, if, fingers crossed, the Glee documentary that's coming out on Discovery Plus and the ID channel is good. It should be out today, Monday. Um, and, uh, if that's good, I'll be talking about it on Friday. If not, uh-oh. I don't know what I'm going to do. So with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Let's talk about Miami now. Bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I heard you hooked up with every doctor in the hospital. I swear to God. I swear to God. Did I ever mention it? Did I ever think about it? No. Did I hear it? Yes. Yes. So who are you to judge me? All right, let's get into the latest episode of Miami. I think we're at episode nine. Great episode. Great season overall. I was actually thinking, well, I had a thought. Like Carrie Bradshaw, but I'll I'll tell you guys later. Um, so the episode begins with everybody talking. Lenny and Lisa have officially announced via page six as they want to do that they are definitely divorcing. Lenny's got a new girlfriend, and we get to see everybody's reaction. Like everybody has a really good scene partner. Some of the cast members are talking to each other. Gertie's talking to her husband. 
And then we see Larsa, who's like, oh my god, I'm like so traumatized. <laughs> and the camera pans over and she's just talking to her 19-year-old son, who like literally could not give less of a fuck. But you know what? You got to get the money on the cash app somehow. I get it. We've all been through it. So she, Larsa, actually reveals that Lenny said in the article that she, he and Larsa, she's, oh God, he and Lisa actually broke up like a month ago. They've been separated for quite some time before that too. So now everybody's really confused because Lisa's been telling all the women that this was completely out of left field didn't see it coming, a very new situation, definitely not months in the making or or years in the making. So then Marisol goes over to Lisa's house and makes herself right at home and says, you know what? I need a cocky, but don't worry about it. You go fix your glasses, uh, yourself a little goblet of wine and um, I'll meet you in the kitchen. I already know where I left the kettle one. Don't don't worry about it. I I got it. Don't worry. I'm good. Just going to get myself a little splash of um, uh, orange juice and we'll we'll sit there and chat, right? So they sit down. Lisa actually has a physical copy of the newspaper that she hands to Marisol. And it's, you know, got her and Lenny's divorce on the front page. So Marisol cuts right to the chase. And it's like, okay, but the article says that you guys have been separated for uh, like months. But a few weeks ago... You were telling everybody that you thought everything was fine, right? So Lisa's sticking to her story. Yes. This all just happened in the matter of like a month tops. They have not been separated before this. She doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. They were together. Then we see a flashback from like eight weeks ago. The scene, probably episode one or two, where Lisa's trying to talk to Lenny about her kid's education and him going to Jewish school. And he's staring at his phone, probably, you know, texting his uh tennis partner or whatever but uh then she looks at him and the way he looks back at her i mean that's a smoking gun lisa like first of all let's be real here this marriage was an arrangement let's all keep it a hundred here shall we this marriage was not a a love situation at all marisol says in a confessional Lenny and Lisa lived in this chaotic world of like G-strings and pasties and parties. And after two children, who has a nudie party with babies? <laughs> she goes, I love Lisa and I adore her, but I think she knew what she's what was coming. And I think she just thought maybe we'll work it out and fix it. And that's why you need to live your truth. Lisa still sticking to the story. Brand new information to her. And then she says that Lenny's now basically moved out. He's with the girlfriend wherever. But he's been sending her listings and for places for her to live. Which she's like, don't do that. Like, why are you telling me where I'm going to be living without telling? Like, you know, my, uh, you know, what's the word? (laughs) Without any of my input or whatever. And then she tells Marisol that Lenny is just trying to get her out of here. She's just trying to like get out of here, move immediately, kids be damned, they can stay here, they can be with you, not even thinking about that. He just wants her, like, out of the equation entirely and as quickly as possible. Just be happy with whatever my realtor found for you and keep it pushing, girl. So I feel like we got to do a segment about what did Lenny put in page six this week because 
I never talk about it, but it seems like every 72 hours, Lenny's got a new thing to say. So last week it was him complaining about uh, Lisa not leaving the house, him paying about half a million dollars for her to occupy the house with their children. I mean, I guess in their uh, prenup, it stipulated that should once a divorce is filed between one of them that Lisa had to vacate their marital home within 30 days. She has not done that. Um, Lisa has been claiming that she can't get her baby pampers or, or food and she can't afford it. But Lenny's been hitting back and saying, girl, you made $30,000 an episode uh, on Real Housewives of Miami. Why can't you afford anything for our children? And also you have access to our Instacart that has my, um, financial you know credit card on file so if you really needed their shit you could have just ordered it on instacart um there's a lot of instacart based drama between these two what a world what a world we live in lisa says in a confessional i don't get it i didn't want to give my kids this i came from a broken home i didn't want my kids to have a broken home why couldn't lenny have just waited why what was so bad that he had to break up and do all of this right this minute um the way lisa talks about her relationship with lenny to me is just further confirmation that this was you know an inevitability and she doesn't really talk about love like she does say at one point yeah i'm in love with him but i also hate him but i love him and like i'm feeling all these conflicted feelings but mostly it's just like I don't know my life without him. I've lived most most of my adult life with Lenny. I've never lived in Miami alone without Lenny and like I get it. It's extremely jarring to have somebody in your life for 15 years and then they're just gone. Whether or not you're in love with them. Still, you know, they're around, right? Um, but it does, you know, there's also a difference between that. Just like I don't I don't really think she misses him. In that, like, I lost the love of my life way. I think she just, like, fucked up because this is really abrupt, according to her. Truthfully, and this is just my own brainworms theory, I think now that I'm hearing about Shannon, did you guys hear what happened to Shannon, y'all? Real Housewives of Orange County. Shannon just said that her boyfriend of, like, three and a half years, that John guy, uh, dumped her, like, a week after they stopped filming the last season. And the way it's being told, John actually spoke out. This is actually pretty interesting because it's one of the few rare, greatly appreciated by me instances in which a couple breaks up and they actually tell the truth and they don't do this. Oh, we're going to be the best of friends. We're, we're so united and we love each other so much. No, you don't. No, you don't. Tell the truth. The truth is Shannon's brokenhearted and she feels really like, oh my God, where did this come from? Because uh, John gave, according to her, no indication whatsoever that they were uh, having issues. And in fact, he had said, oh, I'm ready to take this relationship to the next level. And then a week after they stopped filming, it was like a total 180. 180. Okay. Not a 360. Um, And that he just like, things just went downhill very quickly. I have a feeling that Lisa and Lenny had an arrangement at least to make it through the season. Right. And then quietly do like a separation breakup sort of situation. But something happened. And Lenny was just like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. That's what I think. 
With that being said, I thought Marisol was actually being a really good friend to her because here's the thing. You know how when you're down on your luck, especially with regard to your romantic life, and you have a friend that means well, but they're also like in a happy relationship and they're telling you, oh, it'll be fine. When you stop looking, you'll find him, that sort of thing. And it's like, thank you so much, but that's really easy for you to say. I think it was really nice for Marisol to be like, girl, Come to me, come to Alexia, come to Larsa. We've all been divorced. It fucking sucks. But look at us. Two of us are married. Larsa's got her OnlyFans apartment. We're all have come out on the other side in like a really good way. So come to us and we can, you know, help you. I think that's actually, I mean, not that people don't mean well. I, I get it. Like everybody wants to be a friend, but you know, it's just better to hear somebody who's actually gone through the fire. You know what I mean? Then we mix it up to go back to Alexia and her son Frankie. So they're going to her friend Jimena's store. She is like a purse designer and she's doing a grand opening wants Alexia to be the host and also they're going to be giving the proceeds of the sales to a uh, foundation of Alexia's choice which is called the uh, oh my god what it was called. I want to say the right thing because it actually seemed really important. Okay, it's called the Demoya Foundation. And essentially, after last year when Todd really dug into Alexia's ass about the fact that she wasn't being proactive in helping Frankie uh, have a foundation for his future, uh, this foundation reached out to her. So essentially what they do is they help um, people with unique abilities who, you know, kind of need uh, assistance in finding jobs and being more independent. And so somebody comes to shadow Frankie four hours a day. They teach him, you know, skills that he can have for the future and to set him up. I think that is like actually a really cool thing, like a foundation I would never have thought of. So really good for of them to like get this sort of visibility. So I'll actually put a link to the foundation in the episode description. So the point of this episode is the party and what happens there. So then we get to Julia and I got to tell you something, guys, I haven't said anything and I don't know why, because I usually do. I'm quick to be a hater, as you all know, I'm pretty unabashed about that. But now that people have been saying it, I feel very free in saying I don't really care for Julia. She's not for me. I don't like hate her or anything. I just, eh. No, thank you. And I'm really having a a tough issue with her relationship with the animals because I feel like these animals are constantly stressed the fuck out and being dragged in some Oshkosh bagosh and they don't want to be there. And then in this episode, it's like every episode she's aggravating an animal. And as an animal person, it really is starting to aggravate me. Like at one point she was going in a, in the farm and she kept trying to pet this chicken and the chicken was like, get the fuck off me girl. Like clucking and trying to peck at her. And she kept going for it. And finally she was like, okay, yeah, leave her alone. They give stranger danger. Leave them alone, Julia. Anyway, that feels good to get off my chest, but she, her scene is basically trying to reignite that old thing with Martina. She makes overcooks a bunch of fish and uh, basically is 
tells Martina, I'm freaked out because of what's happening with Lisa. So please tell me if there's anything that I can do to make our relationship better. And you know what Martina says? Uh, My immediate need would be two weeks in Aspen with you. Girl, is that all you need? I'll marry Martina right now. Is that all she's asking for? The vacation? Bitch, count your blessings. That was basically it. I mean, I kind of feel like Martina's maybe a little bit more into Julia than than Julie is to her. And that makes me feel bad. So I hope they able, were able to like reignite their relationship in a real way. Um, so then we go back to Alexia and Marisol. They're out for dinner. I, have we ever seen this? A complete fourth wall break on Housewives where somebody comes up to them in the middle of a scene. and was like, hey, girl, are you having dinner? Hi. Like, we actually know you people in real life. So we meet two people that I absolutely think we need to have back, Richard and Lee, and they're ready to spill the tea and talk all about Lisa and Lenny. And they're like the perfect uh, playing right off of each other. One of them's like, oh my God, I just heard about Lisa and Lenny. They're getting a divorce. And the other one has no idea. And he's like, not only did he not know, he goes, oh, are they still married? (laughs) Gagged. You know what? A great question. So then those two go away. I truly hope that they return. And Alexia and Marisol are just start talking about, wow, like, I can't believe this is all over. Miami's kind of a big city, but it's also a small town. Everybody's talking about it. And then they talk more about their relationship, Alexia specifically, and her marriage with Herman. And they basically are agreeing that they don't think Lisa's really telling the truth about this timeline a woman knows. And so Alexia says, basically, she and Herman were faking the funk for quite a while. They were out there in the public acting like the perfect couple, but she was sleeping with Frankie at night. He was sleeping in their master bedroom. And then one day she wakes up early in the morning, five thirty, six o'clock, and she's in the kitchen and uh, Herman's walking in. And that's how she found out <laughs> that he had an apartment. And she tells Marisol. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I found out that that MF, may he rest, <laughs> got an apartment. <laughs> Listen, when she's funny, she's funny. But she basically says, yeah, we always know. We always see the signs. It's basically an issue of whether or not you choose to act on them and whether or not you choose to see them. I think there were a lot of warning signs for Lisa and she just didn't want to believe him. Then we see Gertie. She's going on a date with her husband, the firefighter. Basically, the same scene that uh, Julia and Martina have. I'm freaked out about Lisa. Please tell me what I can do so that we can keep our marriage going. And Russell is just like, eh, I'm actually fine, but you can spend more time with the kids. And maybe when you come home, it seems like you're really checked out or you're still focused on your work. And I would just like, you know, for us to hang out a little bit more. Gertie says what she said last week, which is kind of like how I'd feel, I think, if I had boys. Like, I don't really know what you guys do here, okay? So if daddy likes Legos and wrestling and whatever gets the testosterone going or whatever's going on, uh, you know, that seems more like dad's issue. But on the other side, you don't want your kids to think that their your job is more important than them and that parties are more important than being a parent to them. So she's like, oh, you know, let's have game night. Okay. Thank you. Like everybody had to get one scene <laughs> this episode. Then we get Julia hanging out with Adriana. So Adrian, 
Adriana can get her non-surgical BBL. I we see the nurse practitioner and she's talking about what uh the, how the procedure is going to be and all that. I could not even pay attention. I've never seen a nurse practitioner in a like a booby cutout <laughs> a cocktail dress at, while you're doing a job. I mean, go ahead, baby girl. I just didn't know if that's like medically I don't know. I don't know what kind of fluids you're using and pumping into her ass. But anyway, um, it was a lot to, to take in. Julia seemed pretty uncomfortable. It was like, I don't think I'm the girl that should have come here with you. She says, I don't even get Botox. I can't do this. And I'm kind of with you, girl. Oh, it's just it going. It's a big needle going into like big flesh, like the flesh of a butt. That's really it's like you can hear it. Oh, oh I can't take it. I came to again when Adriana says in a confessional that she really likes Larsa's butt, but what she doesn't like is that Larsa's pretending like she hasn't had her ass done. Like, girl, who are you lying to? Which leads me to the story that I saw on TikTok. It actually really cracked me up. So there's a girl who comes up on my For You page on occasion. She's like really pretty model. Um, I think she lives in New York. She talks about fashion and stuff and I've been noticing that she'd been talking about Scottie Pippen and her uncle and people keep asking her. So finally she addressed uh, her relationship to uncle Scottie, which is why'd I call him that? Um, which is that her dad, her, excuse me, her mother used to date Michael Jordan back in the day, you know, bulls heyday. And then she met Scotty and basically through the years, he became like an uncle slash father figure, um, uh, particularly after her father left their family. Um, so in this, like, usually I've seen a lot of this girl's content and she's very polite. She's really nice, like very kept together. Um, not typically shady, but she's showing pictures of her and Scotty through the years. And, you know, naturally there are pictures of Larsa. She, every time Larsa comes up in an old picture, goes, here's Larsa before the surgery and here's Larsa before the surgery. And then she makes mention like, I do not like her, <laughs> if you can make it clear. And then she tells a story about how, um, I guess after they broke up, maybe that they were at some sort of event, like a festival together. They were both in the VIP section and Larsa had her and her friends kicked out. What a bitch. Like this girl is like early twenties. Like Larsa, what are you doing? I still think Larsa's really good for the show though. Like she's really found her groove. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Like, if she keeps up this behavior, I might say I like her one time. Anyway, back to Julia. She tells Adriana that Martina told her the day before that they could go ahead with adopting. That it had been something that Martina didn't want to do. But now that they're back in a love spell with each other, Martina was like, no, I think we should do it. And Adriana's like, are you sure? This is like something that you really want to start over at this point in your life. But Julia says she wants to adopt an older kid. Okay. So then we get to the day of Alexia's charity event. Dr. Nicole and Gertie are driving to the event together. And Dr. Nicole, y'all know I love her. She's my favorite cast member. So she really, she really took it over the edge with me. She tells Gertie that she's about to have an engagement party the following week, right? Cool. She and Anthony met in Vegas. They're going to have some sort of, uh, you know, lady luck Vegas night situation. But then she also says that it's going to be a great Gatsby themed party. No, enough. I can't take it. I can't take it. It has nothing to do. They were on Long Island in the great Gatsby. Like, has anybody read the book? Why just say 20s? You know, just like, why do we have to do enough? Enough enough i know that i said no more great gatsby themed parties on bravo and i didn't specify i you know you gotta always be very specific about what you put out in the universe and i should have said also on peacock too and i didn't and that that's my fault i guess but anyway you're on probation nicole she tells gertie that she's really feeling some type of way about larsa because Larsa keeps talking about her ex-husband, but she keeps referring to him as your ex-husband, the school teacher, which Nicole thinks is very pointed because she always mentions it. Like the last time she mentioned it was about Lisa and how public her divorce is. And Dr. Nicole's just trying to relate to Lisa about also being a divorced woman. And Larsa shuts her down and was like, oh, but you were just divorced to a school teacher. Like you don't get it because he wasn't famous. So Nicole wants to confront Larsa because she's like, I don't really know what her end game is, but it sounds like she wants to talk down about him because of whatever reason. And I don't really get it. I'm I'm not seeing what the issue is. So then we all get to the store and we find out that something new, a new Lenny item dropped via his girlfriend to talk about her side of things as in as if anybody the fuck cares ma'am i don't even know your name now and i'm not gonna learn i'm gonna skip right over it the next article i read but she is like oh you know i just want to let the record reflect that lenny and i have both been separated from our spouses for quite some time and we're seeking to divorce them basically trying to change the timeline to make it seem like they weren't uh each other's sneaky links and creeping around with each other everybody's at the store except for lisa so we see her like real reaction she's getting her glam done 
screaming to her makeup artist like can you believe this like what the fuck what is she talking about just stay out of it what are you doing my family's in this my kids can see this what is her problem so all the ladies are gossiping about like what kind of woman would do this who's reaching out to this lady in the first place lisa's hopping into the car she gets on a facetime with lenny and she says i don't know how you're allowing this to happen lenny like if somebody lies about me, I'm going to tell the truth about them. Okay. Like don't push me, bro. This is bullshit. I'm not going to have you two squawking away, like trying to get squeaky clean. Like we were separated long before. I'm not having it. That's a lie. And in this moment, the cinematography gorgeous. Cause she's got this beautiful driveway that's got like all this greenery these super tall bushes and you see the brand new shiny escalade coming down the driveway and lisa's just in the back of the car in a lavender fendi jumpsuit screaming to her soon-to-be ex-husband about like don't fuck with me (laughs) okay our kids are gonna get involved and in this moment i thought there it is This is what I've been screaming about that I've been wanting from Beverly Hills for years now. I want to see rich people fucking miserable, screaming in the back of their hired car about how awful their their husbands are. (laughs) And that's sick of me to say, okay? But that was what we were getting from old Beverly Hills. And I want that thing back. Now we're getting into Miami. We're getting real money and real drama. And we're not pussyfooting it around. And we're not like talking shit in these confessionals, but not telling the truth to people's faces. And like, we're really getting into it. And everybody's, no, nobody's like super sensitive. And everybody's able to have a conversation. And we can just get it over with. And I love it. These girls know how to play. They've got the money. They've got the fashion and they've got the drama and I'm so grateful and Kyle Richards you better sh- be shaken to that fucking kemosabi hat of yours I'll tell you that right now okay terrified like who on that cast is going to be screaming at their husband you don't care about the kids whatsoever and if you did you wouldn't be doing this and Lenny says fuck you and Lisa's like fuck me <laughs> I'm loving it here Living in a world of paradise and somebody else's misery. Truly sickening. Anyway, Adriana shows off her non-surgical butt lift to the rest of the ladies at the party. And Larsa says, honestly, I have no idea what Adriana's doing. None. She judged me because I have a fat ass. She's jealous. She wished she had a body like mine. And now she's going to have to buy it. Like, bitch, Larsa, we're not doing this with you, girl. (laughs) I'm not playing this game with you, sis. Like, you have just had this ass your whole life ma'am all we i know you probably tried to scrub google images but there's a couple pick girl don't do this lisa finally shows up to the party lisa larsa gets up to her immediately and starts talking shit about this new girlfriend but lisa's like no this is all lenny at the end of the day this is all his doing and he's doing it to hurt me so as larsa's trying to say like hey i know things are really hard but you have to try to rise above you know (laughs) ding 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 lisa gets a text message from lenny um hey if you're gonna order groceries anytime soon can you get me some uh bananas and some crunchy peanut butter and some strawberries and lisa's looking at her phone like are you fucking kidding me you just said fuck you to me 20 minutes ago (laughs) and now you want me to make sure you get strawberries bro 
even Lisa had to start laughing. Like, this is crazy. Lars is like, you know, Lenny has lost his mind. Can that trailer trash not order her own groceries? So Lisa's like, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then Nicole takes the chair to talk to Larsa. Starts off pretty nice. What's going on with Lisa? Larsa explains the grocery things. No, Nicole's looking at her like, are you serious? <laughs> like, that is truly insane. And then, you know, like I said, Nicole starts off pretty nice. I don't think we've ever had a one-on-one conversation. I don't really think it's either one of our faults. You know, it takes two to tango or whatever. But I just wanted to have a conversation with you. Like, I just think it's kind of weird that the last few times you brought up my ex, you mentioned that he's a teacher, and I'm just kind of not sure where you're going with this. So Larsa goes, do you know who I was married to? Maybe he wants you to divorce Anthony. We can talk. <laughs> Larsa. Does she hear herself? She's so fucking mean. <laughs> so Nicole's just trying to be cool. And it's like, you know, I, you know, it just kind of felt like you were acting like my ex-husband was mediocre and maybe that wasn't your intention, but it just didn't feel nice. And I think, you know, moving forward, if we're going to be friends, we kind of have to understand where the disconnect is. So Larsa tells Nicole, well, with me, it's baby steps. And, you know, you judge me before you didn't even know me and you said hurtful things. And Nicole's like, what are you talking about? So it turns out we see in a flashback that Larsa is mad at Nicole because a year ago, Nicole, who did not know Larsa, simply said, I don't know her. I would like to get to know somebody before they come into my home. And Larsa responded to her, who the fuck are you to invite me to your house? (laughs) I think she's the owner, babe. I think that's how it works. It's not you. <laughs> Who are you to invite me to your house, bitch? <laughs> so, Dr. Nicole's like, I didn't mean any shape by that. I was just trying to get to know you. I simply just want people in my home that I know. And I literally didn't know you. No shade, girl. I wasn't trying to pass judgment on you at all. So Arsa goes, you know, I get it. But I've just heard crazy things about you. I've heard you try to fuck every doctor in your hospital i swear to god i heard that like did i ever mention it did i ever talk about it no but did i hear it yes so you know who are you to judge me (laughs) larsa (laughs) here's what larsa did to prepare for the season she got ammo on everybody in the cast so that she could walk into the season and be like i'm chill I don't have to fight anybody. I don't have to get into it anybody. If anybody says the slightest thing to me, even a little bit critical, I will just bring this atomic bomb of drama and rumors onto the doorstep and just be like, well, what do you want? How do you want to play this? (laughs) She's been doing it flawlessly. It's truly a new housewife tactic that I would like to see more of. I really would. God bless her. Larsa, how is that a response to to what she said? You fucked all, every doctor in your hospital? But did I bring that up? No, I didn't. So, you know, I just feel like you're not to judge me. Psycho. Wild, wild behavior. God bless. 
I can't believe her. I truly cannot believe her. Oh my god. Can't wait to find out what happens next. We left off on a to be continued. Oh my god. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would love that. Spotify as well. <clears throat> Check me out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash E-B-B-M podcast. I'm currently in the midst of a series about uh, the Laguna Beach Hills universe. Uh, check it out. I've got some fun guests. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.